hearts together in his presence. Lord Jesus, we love you so much tonight. Thank you for what you became for us, Lord. We know it was this great act of condescension that we would be able to stand here tonight, Gentiles, dogs, out of the commonwealth of Israel, but yet we're saved, part of the economy of God, filled with the Holy Ghost. We're so thankful, Lord. Once again, we've come tonight that we could be able to assemble ourselves together to sing, to worship, to pray. Now we've come to the portion of the Word. We're asking you, Lord, for your help. Our needs are many, but yet our God is greater than all of our needs. We call upon you tonight, Father, in the name of Jesus. Would you bring healing to the sick? Would you bring deliverance to the bound? Set free those, Lord God, that Satan has bound them. Not only in the visible audience, but the invisible as well. And we say to our enemy, Satan, you are defeated. The Lord Jesus defeated you 2,000 years ago. And we are here tonight as his children to claim what is ours. Speak to us tonight, Father. Take charge of this service, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Isn't it awesome to be in his presence? Won't it be something when we get there that day? No one's sick, no one tired, no one weary. We're not going anywhere. We don't have any watches, no schedule. Nobody will complain. Nobody will be angry. Nobody will ever be upset. Everybody will have the best neighbors on the street. I'm talking about miracle after miracle after miracle. This is not a figment of our imagination. It's the truth. Amen. We greet you tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus. What an honor it is to be here tonight with my brothers and my friend, Brother Tim. And uh, it still feels a little bit odd. Sister Karen not being here, we certainly miss our sister. We certainly loved her. We wouldn't call her back to this old world for nothing in this world, would we? Amen. We certainly want to continue to pray for the family. Let's turn, if you would, tonight to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 11. Very familiar scriptures that we're going to read tonight. I trust the Lord will open it to our understanding. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And the word wiles is trickery and craftiness. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness and high places. 
Now listen to this hierarchy that is in the fallen angel realm. Remember when God created the angels initially, they were all good angels. But some of them left their first estate. So Paul describes them and uses the first word there against principalities. The Greek word is archae, which means the first in order. So there's principalities, there's powers, and there's rulers of the darkness of this world. This is what you and I face every day of our lives. We cannot face these things by ourselves. Rulers, or the word there is actually prince. Princes of the darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness in high, or the word there is heavenly, in heavenly places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able, ye may be able, which is have power, whether by virtue of one's own ability or a resource other than yourself, to be capable, strong, and powerful, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand, oh my. Therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You notice this armor? There's not one piece for your back. Every bit of it is right here. Why? God don't want you running from the devil. The Bible tells me and you, submit yourself therefore in the mighty hand of God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Let me read you this quote here from Satan's Eden in 1965. I thought I would try to bring something to your mind with these scriptures I've got written here. That would enlighten you. To know, make you a better soldier in the field that you're fighting in now. To learn the tactics of the enemy. So that you can block everything before it gets to you, see. That's the main thing. And when you get time sometime, look up how many times he said that. That's the main thing. I wonder sometimes if we don't make the main thing other things, it's not the main thing. And the main thing we let go because we don't think it's deep, I suppose. But notice the way he says this, so that you can block everything before it gets to you. So not that God wants you to make mistakes and fall and then get up and go through the whole process of doing all that. That's not overcoming. But God wants to teach us. How to block it before it ever gets to us. That's what I want. That's the main thing. Is to learn to keep the punches off of you. As much 
as you can. Now, we know the way life is. There's so much of it we just can't keep off. But I don't know about you. I'd like to keep all of them off that I could. You know, I think not only would Brother Branham have this desire, but every God-called man in this day would want this desire as, as a preacher. Don't you appreciate such a man of God? May God bless his word. You may be seated. <clears throat> I want to speak to you on standing in the evil day. We all know that it's a terrible time in this hour. We're dealing with darkness that the world has never known before. We ourselves have been under an onslaught around the world. Uh, this COVID situation, as Brother Ron mentioned it last night, many pastors have passed away. Pastors' wives, evangelists. We've never had anything, really, that's affected the message as far as pestilence and things like that, quite like this has. It's changed so many things about our world. And yet we know that is only part of what we are dealing with. But by looking at what Paul said, he gave us a little bit of an insight as to the hierarchy of evil spirits. And we know that when God created the angels, that he made them in an order. And Satan himself, as though even as much as we are against him, yet he still has an order in his kingdom. And he operates what Paul was dealing with was the order by which Satan comes against the people of God. Now here tonight, we've got several hundred people here in the building. But you know it as well as I do that there are many more beings that are unseen than there are that are visible. And we know that it, it comes an ever-gathering like this, and they come to be able to torment. They're also the angels of God, which are the beings of light. They're here to influence us in a supernatural way. Every day of our life, we're pulled in this realm. The prophet tells us there's three realms above us and three realms below us. And we're here in the middle in the stream of time. Every one of us that are human beings get caught under that influence. And we know that because we are still creatures of time, our bodies, our minds, our spirits are still affected by such things. And we know that the Bible doesn't really open it up too much from all all the way down to give us a view into that. But on, on the occasion, we're able to see what that supernatural realm was like. Daniel is one of the books that opens it up to us. And we know that, of course, that a prophet, once a prophet appears on the earth, that a prophet is a window to the supernatural. A prophet does not actually make the supernatural, but he's just a gift of God by which God can project him into that realm and open up what was already there. And he comes back and tells us what was there so it equips us as God's believing children. It happened that way in the days of Daniel. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Daniel, chapter 10, verse 12. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel. Now, this is the angel Gabriel that is sent to Daniel because Daniel had set his mind and his heart and his soul to seek God. And he began to pray, and he had prayed and prayed and prayed, and he had sought God for 21 days. And yet there was no answer. 
There was nothing supernatural that had happened. And no doubt Daniel was very much perplexed as we can get sometimes. And, and we know that whenever we pray and God doesn't move for us immediately, it's not that our prayers are not being heard. But sometimes there's things going on in the other realm. It is a great battle that is going on. Or God is saying, wait, be patient. I've got something greater that I'm going to do. But here we have an incident that was unlike anything else that's written in the entire canon of Scripture, and we get our first view into a glimpse of a supernatural war the way it was going on. Now, notice the angel Gabriel as he comes to Daniel, and he says, from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard. So you imagine Daniel saying, well, if I was heard the first day, why did it take you 21 to get here? So why did it take 21 days for me praying, me chastening my soul, me before God every day crying out to God? But notice he said, thy words were heard and I am come for thy words. So here is the angel Gabriel, which ranks very high, we know, in the economy of God. And he was sent to Daniel. And the first thing that he does is bring comfort to Daniel before he gives him an explanation of why there was a delay in his prayer. Now watch. Now we're going to get into the reason why there was a delay. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty Days. Okay, so here is the angel Gabriel telling Daniel why there was a delay in his prayer. The prince of the kingdom of Persia. So here is a being that is described as a prince. But we know this was not Darius, it was not Cyrus, it was not the son of Cyrus because he was now king. But it was a prince or a demon which had been chosen under the hierarchy of Satan to be the demon that would influence this great empire. Now, you know, it might seem a little bit odd and peculiar to us and we look at politics and we say, well, it's all determined by votes. It's all determined by this and that. Who can get the most money? Let me tell you, it's not determined by that at all. God is the one who will have his sovereignty. That's right. Now, listen to this. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and 20 days. Now, here we're talking about the angel Gabriel, which was sent to Mary. The angel Gabriel, which was sent to Daniel, he's mentioned a few times in the Bible. And we know that he was one of the arche or the principal angels that stayed in his original position with God. But this prince of Persia, we don't know his name, but the prince of Persia actually outranked Gabriel in power. Now, he was a fallen angel. But he still maintained his hierarchy. Now, friends, I'm going to tell you something. There's no way you and I are going to be able to face such demons. If an angel Gabriel that never thought a bad thought, never said a bad word, 
never lied, never stole, never cheated, never done anything wrong. And yet Gabriel could not withstand this prince of Persia. How can you and I? Unless our champion, unless our champion lives inside of us. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and 20 days, but lo, Michael, and the word Michael, of course, means one who is like God, and the prophet tells us who Michael was. Michael was Christ. But lo, Michael, one of the chief. Now notice categorically that this is a higher category than Gabriel or this other prince. This one is called a chief prince. A chief prince. Now remember there were cherubims, seraphims, zooms, and they were all created in a hierarchy by the plan of God. Because God knew before the foundation of the world that Satan would fall. He was not created as we know him today as Diablos or Lucifer, but he was created as the son of the morning. This is what he was. The son of the morning. One of his names and titles was the day star. So he was the next man right next to God. Question answer is 1959. He was God's right hand man to fellowship. So when God wanted to fellowship with anyone, it was with this day star that he fellowshiped. As a matter of fact, according to what the Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah, that he was the one that God had said, thou art the anointed cherub and I have set thee so. Thou was created perfect until iniquity was found in thee. So God did not create him the devil, but God created him a great, bright, and shining angel. As a matter of fact, he was in charge of the music department in heaven. This is why he uses music today. Because he said, the day that thy pipes and harps and tabrets. So he was in charge of music. These beings, once they fell, they, unlike what you and I would think, that they would lose all of their capacity, all their ability. They didn't. Now, you think of a devil that would be a cold devil. Now, he's a bad devil if you've got a bad cold, for sure. But he's nothing like a cancer devil. And apparently, this COVID dude is a bad devil. Now think about it, that there's other demons. There's only one devil that as far as we know that ever got out away from the prophet's control from time to time. And that was epilepsy. Now he would tell the parents, keep their kids near them because that one was really stubborn. He must have ranked high in the hierarchy. Now when Satan fell and then he began to preach to these other angels... And they fell with him by their own choice. And remember, there is no redemption for angels once they ever fall. The blood wasn't shed for angels. It was shed for you. So once angels fall, then they fell from their hierarchy, but they never lost their gifts. You know it as well as I do, that many of the great country music stars and rock and roll stars, and many of those people, where did they get their start? In church. So why, whenever they backslide, don't God take their voice? Why don't God take their gift? 
So God did not take away the influence and the ability of these fallen angels to be able to influence humanity and even outrank some of those angels that never fell. Oh, you're listening to me, ain't you? Now, can you imagine Gabriel, one that had stayed in the presence of God and had kept his estate, and he comes down now, he said, because Daniel is praying, asking God about what's going on. Now, if you know this history, you know that someone is moving, and we know that it was during the time of Zerubbabel, that Zerubbabel was doing a great work in Jerusalem. And there was something that was moving on the Samaritans, and they were there trying to send a message back and forth, back and forth. And they're saying, these people are nuts over here in Jerusalem, and they're trying to rebel against the king. Well, what? What was going on on the earth was only a reflection of what was going on in the world that is unseen. Now, this prince of Persia had been chosen for this purpose, and that was the characteristics and traits of his makeup would be that he would be very effective under the dominion of the Persian kingdom, but he would not work in the next kingdom that was coming. He would definitely not work in the Roman kingdom. Now think of it, Satan knows which demon to send to which kingdom. I wish somebody would preach with me tonight. It's the same way with you. You see, our enemy studies us. He knows our strengths. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our failures. It would probably scare us tonight if we knew how well our enemy knows us. And when we think that we are in control and we go to playing around with little sins and little things, oh, I've got this, I'm good, I've got it. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. When that devil sees you doing that and hears you saying that, oh my, it tickles him to death. Notice this, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me. Now, there's one thing I do like about this attitude, about this angel. He had no problem in admitting that he needed help. A lot of the message folks, you know, they really do. A lot of them, time they come to the pastor, time they come to a man of God for prayer, they've already backslid, done give up, and everything else. But at least this angel recognized that he needed help. Now, we're talking about a being that, as I said, never sinned, never done anything wrong. But by the original administration that Father had given to this Gabriel, he was not given the authority. You say, why would God ever send him? I don't have a clue. You can ask him when we get there. But God, remember, Gabriel is always the messenger to the Jews. So in the high or the hierarchy of God, according to the divine protocol, you remember God has a way by which he speaks to his people. So God is going to use the angel Gabriel dealing with the Jews. And when Gabriel goes, he cannot break through. So he's warring, however angels would war. And the warring, actually what's going on is it's the warring of the politics inside of the kingdom. So now Symbasis, which is the son of Cyrus, is now the king, and there's people inside the kingdom that hate the Jews. Now what this prince of Persia is doing, he's playing in the realm of politics. So he's whispering to the king. He's whispering to all the other people, hate them Jews. And them Jews are doing this and them Jews are doing that. So the prince of Persia was warring in the court of the king. You understand what I'm saying? 
But here was the angel Gabriel, and he was warring, and he was whispering to the king, and whispering to the magistrates and the delegates, no, 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 you need to give them permission to go ahead and rebuild the wall, and to do this and doing that. And these mortals were caught in between the two voices. They were hearing the voice of the prince of Persia, and they were hearing the voice of Gabriel, but they themselves, not being spiritual, not even knowing where it's come from. Don't you understand why the greatest battle that's ever been fought is in our mind? Here we sit tonight as the people of God. My, if all of our thoughts could be displayed on this great big screen behind us, there wouldn't be enough people in here to would have walked. My, to even turn off the lights I get in 10 minutes, would they? You imagine all of the thoughts that's come through our mind this week. But yet a real child of God knows from your heart, no impure, nothing defiled, nothing comes out of your heart but pure, genuine holiness if you've got the new birth, the true baptism of the Holy Ghost. But remember, your mind is that battleground. Satan will bombard you with his thoughts, and God bombards you with his thoughts. And any battlefield, it's got great caterers, Oh my, it's got holes everywhere and it's blowed here and blowed there. That's why sometimes it feels like we're about to lose our mind. Why? Because the battle is raging. I mean, knows what I'm preaching about tonight. But as the people of God, we have the ability to cast down imagination and cast down everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Oh my. Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me and I remained there with the kings or the royal family of Persia. Now, what's here? Gabriel is giving this insight to Daniel so Daniel can understand. So now he's finally released and he's able to move because Michael has overpowered this prince of Persia. Then whenever Michael overpowered him, it released Gabriel. And Gabriel was able to come down and stand on the river Hittichel. And as he stood there in the gold and all that he saw about him and the great angelic appearance, it must have been to him. But what was it that made this way for him to do this? It was Israel's spiritual champion. Now, Gabriel is a great angel. He's a mighty angel. Got a great anointing. But it was not him that was able to break through. Thank God for men of God. Thank God for every true prophet that's been down through time. Thank God for every true pastor, every songwriter, every song leader. But let me tell you something. We have only had one mighty champion that would be able to look at death, that be able to look at the grave, hallelujah, and say, take my life from me, and in three days I will raise it up. Moses couldn't say that. John couldn't say that. Peter couldn't say that. Brother Brown couldn't say that. But our champion, hallelujah, the Lord Jesus could say, hallelujah, amen. Death and hell, give way. Give way. You remember when Brother Branham tells us about the maniac in Oregon that come and challenged him. And he 
walked up on the platform, threatened to break every bone in his body and all that. You remember the story, I'll just brief it. But Brother Bram said what happened was that the chief of that tribe of demons, the chief of that tribe of demons made a challenge to the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost accepted the challenge. Praise God. Yes, sir. Now, whenever it happened, you remember the story that the man laid across his feet. And they come and ask him, said, is he delivered? Said, no. He worships that spirit. He worships that spirit. Now, Brother Bram said, whenever the spirit of God began to move in there, everybody in the building was healed. Of course, except for the man that was the closest to the prophet. Now, this man is laying across his feet and got nothing. And there were more of my cripples and blind and whatever more. And some of them sitting in the back of the auditorium and sitting up wherever more. But yet, whenever faith rose to that spot, why? That chief of that tribe of demons made a challenge. And the Holy Ghost said, I will accept your challenge. Let me tell you something, friend. We didn't come here tonight to play games. We've not come here tonight to play church. If the devil wants to make a challenge, our Holy Ghost will accept it. Hallelujah. Our Holy Ghost will accept his challenge. If he wants to say we are defeated, our Holy Ghost will say, no, my bride is not defeated. She is more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. I'm not going to say that, and you better not. The devil wants to challenge me. I tell him to talk to my brother, my champion. I've got a champion. It ain't me. It ain't these brothers. I love all these brothers. I love, yeah, I love them all, but they're not my champion. When I was lost, I didn't need one of these guys to come and find me. I needed a champion. If you're sitting here tonight battling cancer, you don't need just a preacher. You need a cancer champion. Hallelujah! If you're bound with something in your life, you need a champion. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. in verse 20 of Daniel chapter 10. Then said he, knowest thou wherefore I come unto thee? And now will I return to fight with the prince of Persia. I like that grit, don't you? (laughs) Now he needed help before. Who who among us don't? I will return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I am gone forth, lo, the prince of Grecia shall come. So here we're getting close 
to where this empire is going to end and another is going to begin. Not a carryover of the same demon, but a different demon has been chosen. And I will show thee that which is noted in the scripture of truth. And there is none that holdeth with me in these things but Michael, your prince. Hallelujah. We all know we have an adversary. And we can give him credit for it. He is a good one. He knows how to fight. Come on, you can say amen to that. He's one that has been doing this for thousands of years. Some of y'all 18, 20, 25, 65, 70, whatever you are. Uh, You're talking about an adversary that has been doing this for over 6,000 years. He knows every, he knows every, every trick, every deceptive means. Well, you say, how in the world could we do it? We cannot You say, why are you preaching us so weak? I want you to realize how weak you are. I want you to realize how helpless and how hopeless that we are. And let me tell you something. It ain't enough to come to a great message church. It ain't enough to listen to tapes every now and then and read your Bible. It ain't enough to be identified. Well, I believe Brother Branham was a prophet. The devil believes the same thing. We've got to be born again. We've got to have the true baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm not just talking about something that'll make us shout or make us cry. I'm talking about something when hell is broke loose all around you and you cry and you pray and it seems like God won't move that you stand right there and say, devil, out of my way. You're not tying me down. You're not stopping me. Hallelujah. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You may be greater than me, greater than these preachers, but you're not greater than my champion. My champion, Jesus Christ, defeated you. Read with me in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour, who better than Peter to know about the prowlings of Satan? Remember him standing up there, saying, Lord, if everybody forsakes you, I'll go. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He didn't want to hear what Jesus had to say. Before the cock crows, you'll deny that you even know him. He probably didn't even believe it. Just like some of you don't. You said, under the ministry of for pastors that love you with all their heart, and they keep trying, no, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. You know what God has to let us happen to us sometimes? Because of our hard-headedness, we have to fall flat on our face. Several times Jesus warned him, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired that he may have you, that he may sift you as sweet. But I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail you. Now Peter did, but his faith didn't. 
<laughs> Some of you may have failed God over and over again, but the same Lord Jesus that prayed for Peter has prayed for the rest of his bride. And his prayers will be answered. <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. He didn't just pray for Peter. He is your intercessor, brother, sister. Notice this. Matthew 26, 40, cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep. And saith unto Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Oh, how many times did Peter remember that later? Oh, why did I do it? Why did I do it? Because he wasn't born again. He was a preacher, turned out to be a cussing preacher. <laughs> Praise the Lord. A naked preacher out there fishing naked. I never have understood that. What in the world? I don't tell them what you'll do without the Holy Ghost. Well, come on, that's the Bible. It's not enough for him to be identified around this message. The message must be inside of us. It'll keep you when you cannot keep yourself. It will pulsate something on the inside of you. That emotion, boy, I love emotion. I love anointing. I love feeling it from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. But I love it when I've got a tie post in my soul when I can't feel nothing at all. And it still ties me to that rock, Christ Jesus. The prophet of God said to make your absolute a Christ-centered life. A Christ-centered life. Again, Peter says, be sober. The word sober, ma, is to avoid drunkenness of your senses, drunkenness in your souls. Be sober and vigilant to watch. The word sober again means to be calm, collected in spirit, to govern both the outward and the inward man by rules of temperaments, modesty, and mortification. Cares can intoxicate the soul. This is where most Laodiceans are. Drunk on the cares of this world. But Peter says, be sober and be vigilant. Vigilant is watch, wait, metaphorically, give strict attention to, be cautious, active, to take heed lest through remission or carelessness. That's why Brother Bramwood said over and over again, it's not the great big things that you do, it's some little things that you leave undone. Now remember who our enemy is. These demons, these are the same ones that anointed Sodom. These are the same ones in the Andalusian destruction that got on the people. This is the same ones that Moses dealt with. The very, you're talking about experience. There's no way we can do this without a champion. I don't know about you, I'm going to be standing in this last day. I want to be one of those that's going to be faithful to the end. Anybody else? I don't want a t-shirt at the end of the way to say, I survived Laodicea. I'm going to be an overcomer. I want to be one of the sons of God that's going to overcome in this evil age. I'm not just going to survive. 
I believe that a child of God, I simply believe what the prophet said, that a person can live so close to God that the devil don't know what to do with you. Can you imagine how it ought to be for every Holy Ghost filled child of God here today that when you get up out of the bed in the morning and you set your feet down on the floor that them demons gonna say, Lord God, here they come. Oh, oh, no. Oh, 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 oh. She lived another day. He lived another day. Hallelujah. Why? Because we are the God, the people of God. We cannot be defeated, friends. We are made out of stuff that don't bluff. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Wouldn't you hate to be the type of Christian that down in hell, whenever your name is mentioned, them demons say... People only knew him the way I did. <laughs> and Satan said, all right, it's time for a shift change. I want, I want this demon away from this house and that. I, who wants to go over that other house? Can you imagine the demons out there? I will. I will. But for me, I want to be the type of believer whenever a shift change is required at the Reagan home. <laughs> I know you've heard it before. But when Satan says, I need somebody to go up to the Reagan home, them devils go to grabbing handkerchiefs. They go to grabbing bath towels and they go to bawling like a rat eating onions. I'm telling you what, they crying and crying. They sometimes say, please don't send me up there. Please don't send me up there. Please don't send me to her house. Please don't send me to her house. That's the kind of testimony, hallelujah, that we want down in hell that we're not just talkers, but we are possessors of this word. We're possessors of Jesus Christ. We take our stand. Hallelujah. We will not bow. We will not give in. We will not compromise. Oh my. Now you see, it ain't hard to rejoice in the anointings like this way. But next week, when you ain't feeling it, you still want to have the same determination that you got tonight. If it's just emotion and you're worked up under everybody else's gift and everybody else's influence, it won't do you much good. But when all hell is breaking loose all around you, you want to stand right there and say, me and my champion will take all of y'all. <laughs> Woo! Oh, hallelujah! You imagine David saying in Psalms 27, remember the prophet read that psalm for a background for the rapture. Read it sometime and you'll understand why. David said, though a whole host comes against me, I will not be afraid. You imagine David was under him going out in the woods, out in the wilderness, and he got up one morning, going out there stretching, you know, just woke up, got up, walked out, and he looked around. On every hillside was an enemy. 
David looked up at him and said, you just signed your death warrant. Hallelujah! Though a host come against me, I will not be afraid. For the Lord is my life and the strength of my life. Of whom shall I fear? Yes, we're not afraid of death. Disease, we're not afraid of it. COVID, oh no. Hell no. Our champion conquered all. Glory to God. Peter described him this way and said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, and the word adversary literally means your opponent in a court of justice. Your opponent in a court of justice. Why do you think the Bible calls him an accuser of the brethren? The Lord knows we give him enough evidence against us. Come on now, don't sit there and look like you. I didn't see no angel wings racks hanging out there for you folks to hang up your angel wings. You're like all the rest of us. You're immortal. You got your weaknesses, your failures, your shortcomings. A lot of us, the devil don't have to make up anything. All he's got to do is just say, see what he sees every day. Well, come on now. So what does he do? He's our adversary. And this is what Peter addressed it and said, oh my, because you're adversary, the devil. We should constantly be alert that diablos, this is what the word Satan in the Greek is, diablos, slanderer. Slanderer is always actively seeking an opportunity to bring a charge against you. Notice how Peter describes it. He says, as a roaring lion. Now he doesn't say that he is one, but he's as one, which means he's an impersonator. Remember the bow and no arrows? As a ring. Why would he want to be that way? Because God, of course, is as a lion. So here the enemy wants to impersonate himself as a roaring lion, so-called because of the account of his strengths and tenacity by which he challenges us. That's one thing we've got to give him credit for. Us preachers tear the hide off of him. If we blasted you one-third as much as we blast the devil, some of you would never come back. We call him a liar. We blast him to his face. We cast him out every time we get a chance. We say he's going to hell. We say he's evil and he's rotten. He's the most faithful member I've got and the most faithful member here as well. He comes every service. He ain't good for nothing. He don't pay no tithes. He don't help take up the, you know, just to take up the slack. He's really good for nothing, but he's here all the time. If, if you were treated that way, you'd be so discouraged, you'd never come back. But he keeps on coming back. We knock him down, he gets up. We knock him down, he gets up. But we're gonna have the last knock and he won't get back up. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am a roaring lion. Notice Peter doesn't say he's a sleeping lion. No lions sleep about 20 hours a day. I'm talking about in the wild. About 20 hours a day. So they don't really do a whole lot. Now we know that the lion is the king. We know all that. But yet in reality, he's a pretty sorry outfit. I'm talking about the male. He doesn't do most of the killing. The female's doing the pride. And then whenever he hears something dying, you know, carrying on, then he'll come over there and take the kill away from them. Yeah, look at Satan and his church, and you say it's exactly the way he is. He takes the kill away from them, and then he eats till he's full, and then he'll give whatever's left to the rest of the lionesses and the cubs. And yet Peter likened him so he's not a sleeping lion, or a lion that's just laying back and doing nothing. And you know, whenever a lion is not really hungry, they will go. I've been to the, to the Africa several times and across the plains of the Serengeti. And it's amazing with a cheetah, with a leopard, with any of the big cats, whenever they're going across the plains of the Serengeti, wherever they are, and they've got their tail bent back over their back like this. There can be impala, wildebeest, all kinds of animals out there, and they'll watch them. They'll keep their eye on them, but they're not afraid of them. You know why? It's a sign they're not hunting. They're not hunting. But whenever they're hunting, they won't see them. Now, this is the way he does you. So you're looking for this great big old guy with this big old mane and these big old paws. Uh-uh, that ain't the way he's going to get you. He's going to be hiding He's going to be watching for your weakness, watching for this and watching for that. Several years ago, I was in the Messiah Mara, a gigantic game park there in Kenya, one of the brothers in the message that was there. And he took us out, and I saw a very strange thing. It was a female lioness, and she was laying up upon an ant mound. And it was maybe about this high, something like that, right out in the plain open. So there was Jim's buck, there was Impala, uh, Wildebeest, Cooter, just all kinds of different animals. And I thought it was so odd and so unusual that she was laying right out there in the open. So I asked him, I said, brother, why is, is she laying there? He said, she is a decoy. I said, a decoy? He said, yeah. He said, let me, let me look. So he started looking, 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 and he found the rest of the pride, and they were coming through the tall grass. So all the impala, all the rest of the animals had their eyes on the decoy, and the others were moving up all around them. Well, come on now, children. Come on now. Oh, we're scared to death of communism and we're scared to death of this and that and the other. That ain't nothing but a decoy. The prophet told us whenever he was here. Oh, it ain't that iron curtain. It's that purple one. Come on now. Even us message folks have got our eyes off of that purple one, seems like. But that's the one we need to be watching. What is this other stuff? It ain't nothing but a decoy. Satan will put decoys in your life. And you're looking. You're scared to death of that. And you're scared to death of that. And the very thing you ought to be aware of is moving right up behind you. And it's trying to steal your children. It's trying to steal your joy. It's trying to steal the walk with God. Oh, hallelujah. But we need to realize our champion has given us power. We are lion killers. Oh, glory. We are lion killers. 
my wife and I, Carol, sitting here, was in Johannesburg several years ago, and the brother there wanted to do us a really nice treat. So we got in at night. It was late. When we got there, we drove and drove and drove. We're taking us to the place where we're going to stay. We didn't know where it was. So we checked into a place that looked kind of primitive. <clears throat> we checked in. We got into this place, and it was a thatched-type roof. Um, so we didn't know exactly where we were. But maybe 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, something started going. Now, I don't mind telling you, that little wife of mine was glued to me. If there'd been anybody else in the bed, I'd been glued to them probably. <laughs> Because it was so scary. Now, what you've seen in the Atlanta Zoo and what you've seen in the Shreveport Zoo, forget it. That's not a real specimen of the lion. And the way people want to paint the devil to you as some little weak little something, no. He is a real devil. He is a prince. But we've got power over him. Hallelujah. We've got power, young people. You cannot meet him on your own. But with Jesus inside of you, there is no temptation. There is no rust. There is no pornography. There is no sin that can defeat you and hold your life unless you allow it to. The problem was, the brother had put us in a game park. But Carol and I didn't know that there was a big fence right on the outside of our room. It sounded like the lion was in the next room to us. (laughs) Oh my, on and on and on he went. The next morning we were awakened by monkeys on the roof. So then I get up, I'm going to go outside, and just right there is this fence. But it's 15, 20 feet tall. I thought, huh, if I don't know that, I could have slept like a baby. Why? He couldn't get to me. <laughs> Hallelujah! Oh, he'll roar, and he'll roar, and he'll scare you. He'll scare you, but brother, sister, you can sleep like a baby. Glory to God, you are sealed by the Holy Ghost, and that devil cannot get you if you're sealed in God. Notice David in Psalm 17, 12 said, like as a lion that is greedy of his prey. And as it were a young lion lurking in secret places. You see, the lion does not roar when he hunts. He only roars when he's in attack mode. Now he'll be so close, or the females, and when they get so close, 
then is when they'll make their noise. Everything else is stealth mode. You don't even know it until it's on you. But if you got the Holy Ghost, you got a built-in buzzer. It gives you a warning, something ain't right. Something, how many knows what I'm talking about? Aren't you glad for the Holy Ghost that has warned you time and time and time again? Thank God for the blood when we mess up, but thank God for the Holy Ghost that stops us from messing up before we ever mess up. Amen, that teaches us the tactics of our enemy. Watch this, Peter goes on to say, so be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion. Walketh about. Seeking whom he may devour. Remember in the book of Job, chapter 1, verse 7, the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. What's he hunting for? Pray. Let me tell you something, whether you're young or old here tonight, there is nothing he's more proud of than a trophy on his wall of a young man or a young woman that sat in a message church. Or an older man or older woman who sat in a message church. Oh, I've got many trophies where I've been able to hunt in different parts of the world, and every one of them has a story. Yeah, every one of them's got a story. Well, that one there, that's a fallow deer. It run me up a tree up in North Carolina, truth. Run me up a tree, and it was, I dropped my gun going up the tree, and, and the deer was down at the bottom of the, of the tree chewing on my strap, and I thought, lucky me, he'll probably shoot me out of the tree. <laughs> so nearly every one of them have a story. But can you imagine on Satan's den room wall? Wow, see that in there? That's a pastor's daughter. See that in there? She was born and raised in church. Look at that one. Oh, remember him? He'd stand up and shout and jump around. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now he don't even think there's a God. Why? Not sealed. The champion. The champion, look friend, the champion is not your knowledge of the message. The champion is not your ability to quote the word. Please don't misunderstand me. Your champion is not even your pastor. You must have an individual walk with God. You must have a soul, a Christ-centered life that you, if your pastor's overseas and you can't reach your mama, but you've got to walk with God and you say, Satan, out of my way. Out of my way in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Greater is he that is in me than you. So this is what he's doing. He's going around looking for people that he can devour. Oh, how many 
as they swallowed. The Greek word here literally means drink down. Drink down. So he takes the lid off of their life and empties their holiness, their purity, their testimony. And he just swallows it down. But for me, I want to be a porcupine Christian. Can you imagine a lion trying to swallow a whole basket full of toothpicks? Now, it does not say that he can devour everybody. Oh, glory to God. I'm not responsible from this point on to the rest of the service, okay? So if mayhem breaks out, it's your fault. It ain't mine. Can you imagine there are a group of people on the face of the earth tonight? They have been through hell. They have been through sickness. They have been through disease. They fought through cancer. They fought through disappointment. They have fought through so much stuff. And the devil thought, I'll get them with this, or I'll get them with that, or I'll get them with something else. Oh, hallelujah. But there are a group of people on the face of the earth tonight that Satan cannot devour. Hallelujah. He cannot devour them. They are not edible. Glory to God, they are not edible. Hallelujah. Glory be to God, glory be to God. watches you. He eyes you to see are you edible? He wants to swallow you down. Hallelujah. You ever seen the little cartoon of the big bird out in the pond? He's trying to swallow the frog. And the little frog's got his front arms Right around the neck. Hold on to the last minute. How many of us have been there before and we thought, I'm a goner, sure as the world? No, you're not a goner. Why? Because you're made out of stuff that cannot be defeated. I'm not talking about naturally, I'm talking about our soul. Look, friend, we are of the family of God. Our brother Noah built an ark. Our brother Moses led the children of Israel to the promised land. Hallelujah. Our brother Daniel went into the lion's den. Our brother Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you could not burn them in the fire. The lion said, I'll get them. And the son of God said, no, you won't. No, you won't. I'll go down there in that fiery furnace. Oh, hallelujah. You are not swallowable. Remember, death is swallowed up in victory. 
Hallelujah. Death is swallowed up and Satan's kingdom is death. His kingdom is death. Death cannot swallow up life. He's looking and looking for whom he may swallow. Gulp is another one of the words there. Gulp. (laughs) Don't you want to be so full of the Holy Ghost? That if he just starts taking the lid off of your bottle, he say, "Whoa, new wine, new wine! Better leave that old boy alone. Better leave that young woman alone. I can't drink her. I can't swallow him. He's too full of the power of God." Hallelujah, I cannot gulp them down. said a lion is a fierce animal in Africa I was hunting them a lion can kill 10 men before you can say Jack Robinson now what that means I don't have a clue but all I know is it can kill 10 men faster than you can say Jack Robinson powerful great beast just like a big roar and men are consuming the one who dies under the power of a lion never feels any hurt. It's such a scare to hear that roar that he gives. Those great mammoth feet, just in a second, he's tore down a dozen men. We don't want to get worked up in this meeting with just work up alone. We want some equipment when we leave here. Oh, yeah, we want to work up. That's right. Can I have a couple more minutes? Satan tempts under three forms. The subtle serpent to beguile our senses, pervert our judgment. And enchant our imagination. Remember, every day of your life, you've got 10 gates against you. Right? Imagination, conscience, memory, reason, and affection. See, taste, feel, smell, and hear. You've got 10 gates against one. Your soul. As an angel of light. To deceive with false views. Even of spiritual things. So he comes as a subtle serpent or as an angel of light. 
or a line. If he can't talk you into something, he'll try to scare you into something. Well, so-and-so fell, and they were closer to God than you are. They were a much better person than you are. Look, I'm not making so-and-so my example. Come on now. You know as well as I do that Satan will do that to everyone. Well, look at yourself. So-and-so did this, so-and-so. Well, if you keep your eyes on so-and-so, you may wind up like so-and-so. But I want to tell you today, there's one that we can put our eyes on as our example, and that's the Lord Jesus. Don't make no man, no man, your heavenly example. There's only one. Let me say this, and I hope you don't understand it. I put my ultimate complete confidence in no individual, no man. I don't care how good they are. They are still human beings. Come on, don't get quiet on me. There's one being that I put my ultimate trust, my ultimate confidence, my ultimate faith in, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, praise the Lord. Why? Because he is not only the mighty conqueror. Whenever Daniel was needing an answer from the Lord and Gabriel couldn't bring it to him. Who knows how many other angels were there involved and they didn't know what to do. But what happened? A mighty one came down, the covenant angel. Hallelujah. He came down and strengthened Gabriel and he was able to come. Why? Because he was the champion of Israel. Well, let me tell you something. We were in a worse dilemma. We were born lost with a sinful nature out of the economy of God, far from the commonwealth of God. It seemed we were helpless and hopeless. We were lost without God. Most of us weren't even seeking God. We didn't want God. We didn't want church. We didn't want no Bible. But it wasn't that you wanted God. It's that God wanted you. Hallelujah. Oh, my. You say, well, I just can't take it no more. I think I'm going to quit. Tell me this. How can you stop something you never started? You never started your salvation. You never started your eternal life. You never started your election. But God started you before the foundation of the world, before there was ever a moon or a star or a sun. You were in his mind. You were part of this bride before the world began. And let's Satan roar. Let him do what he's going to do. But we are undefeatable. We are the army of the living God. Hallelujah. 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 Many of you no doubt have heard the stories of the lines of darkness that was going to build a bridge in Africa in the 1900s. This particular line, they kept trying to trap it, trying to kill it. They just couldn't do it. Then another one would come. These lines were so savage. They would come in and pull servants out, out of the tents at night. It was unbelievable. Then this line set its goal on this one particular man, an engineer, a bridge builder. It was almost as if they were demonic anointed. They hunted and they hunted, got up in a tree, done all sorts of things to try to find it. Finally, they found a lair or a den. When they got in there, they found skulls of humans. They found feet bones. They found hand bones. They found all kinds of things. And Satan loves to scare you and I. 
were such things. Look at so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so done this, so-and-so done that, so-and-so done that. Yeah, he wants to show you all them bones of how the mighty have fallen. Oh, look at there, there's so-and-so's carcass. I destroyed him. You better be so-and-so. Look, friend, Satan won't care at all if you and I just become church members. He did not want the Son of God to go to Calvary. He said, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. Just don't die. That's exactly what he'll offer you and I. Just be a message church member. Just come to a good message church and live a pretty good sort of a life. But don't go to Calvary. Because that's the only thing that will change our nature. And make us to where Satan cannot get to us. Oh, he'll huff and he'll puff. And he'll say he'll blow your house down. But he'll blow himself down before he'll blow the house of the bride down. (laughs) Hallelujah. Are we going to be standing? What about you? Oh, yeah, me and my mama? No, you. If there's not but one person out of this assembly here tonight going, I hate to inform all of you, but y'all better move outside the building because it's me. It's you? Is it you? Is it you? You need to have that revelation. Sorry, Brother Donnie. It's me. I've got my ticket in my hand. I've got the token over my soul. Hallelujah. Satan cannot stop me. I'm part of the economy of God. You say, how can you say that? Well, it's just a little simple story, really. Go with me for a few moments. I can see the body laying there in the tomb. It was cold and lifeless. It happened so quickly they couldn't even anoint it with the spices and the myrrh. But the soul was in another world. He goes down and he preaches to the souls that are in prison. And then, he knocks on the door of hell. Satan comes to the door. Ah, gotcha. I thought I had you when I got Abel. I knew for sure when I got Moses. He comes on down the line. But now I've got you. Prophet said he reached inside there and grabbed the keys off his side. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he kicked that door of hell shut. And the prophet said everything on the wall shook off.
goes over next into the next realm to paradise. Abraham goes to the door. <gasps> Sarah! Here comes Sarah. Here comes Job. Here comes Ezekiel. Ezekiel said, It's that wheel in the middle of the wheel. That is your champion. You said, But ah, 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 forget you. Point the devil to your champion. Your sickness, point your disease to your champion. Point your temptation to your champion. Oh yes, you're bigger than me. You're stronger than me. But nobody's greater than my champion. He conquered all. And yet, Paul says when the resurrection takes place for the bride, the dead in Christ will rise first, and those of us that are alive, of course, and remain will be changed. And then Paul goes on to say there in Corinthians, then shall be brought to pass this saying. Death is swallowed up in victory. Well, you mean the Lord Jesus didn't fulfill that? He left that for you. I wonder how many times the Lord Jesus passed that man there by the gate beautiful. He went right by that way, no telling how many times. You imagine passing by one day and say, I'm going to leave that for the boys. Yeah. Glory. Oh, glory. He could have healed everybody in Jerusalem. They said, no, I'm going to leave that for my young ones. Amen. He could have absolutely annihilated every devil. But he said, I'm going to leave some of them for my daughters. I'm going to leave some of them for my sons. I'm going to leave some of them for my preachers. They're going to preach the devil out of people. They're going to cast the devil out of people. It'll be me and God for It sounds crazy. But can you imagine me and Carol go home a couple days and y'all hear the news. A robber broke into our house. And then you hear this phenomenal story. A robber broke into Brother Donnie and Sister Carol's house. And from what I hear, Brother Donnie told Sister Carol, honey, Go deal with him. I mean, have you seen her? She's a little bitty small woman. It's like, oh, oh my goodness. That ain't the half of it. From what I hear, she got in there and she went, yeah, ooh, ooh, wah, yeah, yeah, yeah. They tell me the robber call the police himself. Oh, glory to God. Please come and get me. Oh, children, if you only understood it. Satan wants to make you afraid of him. But the truth of it is, he's afraid of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every devil out of hell is scared to death of the sons of God. 
because they are only make-believe. We are real. Thank you. 